Hold on, okay. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. That gentleman clearing his throat is my dad, Jack Brinker. He is the other generation here at Generation Tech. How you doing? <laughs> Excuse me, Todd. Appa- apparently not well. <laughs> apparently not well. Anyway, hello everyone. <laughs> Glad to be here and chat about Apple. I've got some good news now. I don't, early next year, I won't have to go clear around Charlotte to find an Apple store anymore because they closed the one that was sort of near me at a North, mm-hmm. North Lake Mall. North Lake Mall was the closest one to you anyway. I wouldn't say it was close, but it was closest. But apparently that mall is just... Victimized by cr- criminals. And right, so yeah. So I'm Apple not... shut the store down for the safety of their employees and their customers, they said. Yeah. So yeah, The mall is in Hertz now. There's other stores that have gone down there mm-hmm. too, so... Like any mall, they've yeah. got to deal with the security issues. Sure. Well, and if somebody as prominent as Apple just says, look, this place is not safe. Well, um, especially when they can move north of there, out close to the Lake Norman region. Right. Uh, and uh, that's where most of the wealthy live here in this part of North Carolina. Exactly. A large, a large chunk of their customer base is going to be the more affluent, and that's definitely the more affluent part of the uh of the greater Charlotte metropolitan area, right? Is that north end yep. uh, along the lake and, and uh, out towards Davidson in that direction. And uh, well, I mean, basically where you're at and further out, but, uh, um, but yeah, that uh, I'm glad that they're going to be doing that. And I guess you got some more information that they're taking over some existing buildings, which is what I had kind of guessed rather than trying to just yeah. go to a greenfield sure site and start. Which means it'll happen quicker, right? You don't you don't have to do all the permitting to build or do any of that stuff because you've got a building already. Now you're just going in and doing a appleization. Right. And I've already identified the the location because right. I was by there the other day at the stop at a Chipotle restaurant, which is just across the parking lot right there, and and uh, they've got the big blue uh, plastic uh, protectors up as they work on the facade, I guess. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's underway. Yeah. But, uh, said they'll open early uh, 24, 20, uh, 24. Right? Okay. So three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're looking at, you know, less than a year at this point. Yeah. Um, so maybe, so maybe when they introduce the new uh, space computer, computer capabilities, which mm-hmm. does require that you go to a store, I can have a nearby store. Yeah. To yeah. That you can go and stand in line at. Yeah, uh, well, no, I don't stand. Yeah, that's true. You'll sit I in line at my electric scooter, but right. Anyway, well, you can you can wait in line longer than most. Then that's right. <laughs> I can outwait you, son. Yeah. Uh, always reminds me of that scene from the movie Fried Green Tomatoes when the younger girls like cut off the um, uh, lead character. She's trying to park at the grocery store. And she's just decides she's had enough. And, and as the girls get out of their car and walk away, she goes, let's face it, we're younger and faster. And and then as they're walking away, she takes her car, which is a big, heavy car, and smashes into their small little econo car. And she goes, let's face it, girls, I've got better insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, there's a lot of things 
being published and new stuff coming out about the uh, uh, the new Vision Pro. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, one of the big emphasis is uh, visual augmentation, of course. Right. Uh, but uh, they're creating content, and in fact, uh, uh, the I didn't quite understand the gist of the article about the content they're creating, and that's like. Uh, you watch screensavers on television and stuff where they're visual in nature, usually along coastlines or just scenic areas, you know, something flying around in 3D space. Well, now they want those same kinds of things on the whatever the format is for their new mm-hmm. uh, uh, visual. Yeah, I can't imagine the screen oh. blanker on a Visual Pro device is going to be, um, or a Vision Pro device is going to be much used because when you're done using it, you're taking it off your head. Well, You're not going uh, to just sit there and have you know and look at, at, at for at least long periods of time, you know, unless you're going to go like into ViewMaster mode and you want to look at things. Well, you know. uh, they didn't say blanker. Right. It's not the intent. Uh, it doesn't require a blanker like a right. well screen screen, would. screen saver type of thing. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's for visual entertainment. So right. I gather. Well. You might be flying through. Sure. Then it's, uh, then it's your 3D uh, moving picture version of, of the ViewMaster, right? Yeah, tra- a travel log or something sure. like that. Sure. You know, and then that would be very cool. They've also came come out with, you posted an article for us to talk about where um, they have apparently through, um, what was it, the fine folks at um, Patently Apple have uh, found that they have a patent where they are suggesting that they, you could wear it like at a live event. So you could go to a, you know, a, a football game or a soccer game or something like that. And that in addition to seeing it live, it would overlay the screen with like specific stats and information about each of the players. So, um, you could, and, and presumably you could adjust the amount of how much or how little of that you want, you know, plus the score and stuff that you could see. Um, it sounds interesting, but I'm not sure that I would want that interface between me and being live at a football game. And I don't know that I want to be that dork sitting with that thing on my head at a football game. <laughs> not to That's mention right. that the battery lasts two hours and football games last three. So, <laughs> so you so. have to have a couple battery packs or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and furthermore, I would want somebody with me who could see somebody that might come, be coming to grab this thing off my face. Right. Yeah. Well, they say that it's supposed to do that. If somebody walks into your field of vision that it will then show that person to you overlaid into your into your space because they want you to not feel like you're isolated yeah so there that you know how well that works it you know remains to be seen but that's one of the things that they said they're supposed to do and that's part of the reason they have those uh the eyes on the outside of it too so that that person can see that you can see them right that's right yep the so that would be interesting but yeah i just I don't know. At least in this generation, it might be something that comes along. By the way, that article happens to be on Mac Daily News, and I don't know if you're seeing it, but I'm going to tell you I am irritated at Mac Daily News for accepting this stupid ad staring up some guy's nose with a bunch of hair in it for a nose trimmer. It's on my page twice. Uh, <laughs> Three uh, times. I don't know what you mean by a nose trimmer. Well, the nose hair trimmer, there's the devices to clean, to cut the hair in your nose. And, and which one? And which there's one an ad. You? There's an ad on my screen, staring up some man's nose, and it's on the screen. <laughs> I kid you not, in three different locations. So I'm really? looking at this stupid ad 
three times here. I'm going to send it to you so you can see the dumb ad that I'm looking at and, and why I am not happy because it's obnoxious. <laughs> I don't want to stare up somebody's hairy nose. Yeah, well, uh... and like I said, it is on, if you scroll down the page, it is on there three different times. Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to go down and find Even if I desperately there. needed a, a nose hair trimmer, I would never, ever, ever buy the one from these people because of this ad. I, I see what you mean, but I've never seen that before. Really? That's on my page different locations they apparently maybe, maybe they know something about you Todd. i was going to say apparently <laughs> apparently the fine folks who, who are selling the ad either google or or uh facebook or amazon whoever's selling this ad space apparently thinks that i i desperately need nose trimming uh yeah the, i've also got an, an ad for a cadillac suv and candlelight concerts those are the yeah, ads that are you know, on my most page. Of these ads are very custom tailored for their audience. <laughs> I know. Well, I tend to say don't share any information with them. So that's maybe I'm just getting random stuff, or maybe they somehow think I, I'm, you know, of an age where a nose hair is going to be a big issue for me. Yeah. Uh, there, I've also got two ads for the USC Norris Comprehensive Cancer Center, and across the top, a huge banner uh, um, for discount tools at Timu. Uh, and so there's like, oh, uh, networking and I don't, I don't, I don't know where two Timu is, but I've been getting ads from those guys for every imaginable thing. Yeah. Timu here, Timu there. I don't even know who they are. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know either, but you know, it's like this page is, I mean, I get it. Mac daily news has to make some money. I yeah. wish that they would just say, or. You can just subscribe. I look at their pages enough that I would be happy to subscribe and pay them a fair amount to be able to look at their pages without all of this crap. They're just and looking for donations, Todd. I know, but the donations don't get rid of the ads. If, oh. if, if they would let me buy my way out of the ads, I would do it. Oh, I would I absolutely do it. You know, there, there are a lot of apps like that. You, you download the app and it's got ads and for, you know, a couple bucks, they'll get rid of the ads for you for the app on, on the app store. And I'm fine with that as a model because that way I can try it and see if I like it and see if it's something I'm going to use. And if it is, then I can get rid of the ads that, that are annoying. And, you know, ads that are constantly changing or animated are just distracting and irritating and I don't like it. And, and, and the fine folks at Mac Daily News, while I love their, their ultimate product, their advertising schemes are really, really irritating to me. There's just too much of it. And I would, like I said, if they would offer a subscription, I would get rid of it. But to my knowledge, they don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This uh, laptop is different from the rest. Oh. It's made by a company oh. you may not have heard of. And I, I had I brought up something and it came on YouTube video right. Yeah, another, that's another habit I hate: poorly designed websites that autoplay yeah. stuff. Let me decide if I want to play it. Do not start playing stuff the second I launch the <laughs> the website. Yeah. Yeah. Grr, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah. Well, anyway, this this one's about the new laptop brand, Frame Top Laptop. Framework. Framework Laptop. Yeah, the Framework Laptop is a, a modular laptop where you can swap in parts and pieces and upgrade, you know, not only memory and storage, but CPUs, and it's just completely snapped together. 
Well, or and I th- minimal I th- tool. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't remember uh, what the prices were, but probably comparable to the the existing laptops out there. But anyway, it was it's it's how to try to make a laptop like they used to make. Uh, desktop computers so that you had a lot of flexibility, plug-in mm-hmm. modules and Yeah, and like it's that. something that I had thought they should have done with laptops for years, for years. I understand, though, that that also cuts down on reliability of laptops. Because oh, definitely. Connectors are... Right, yeah. Connectors coming oh. loose and stuff. Although, frankly, if you can put good thought and engineering into making a you know a laptop in other ways, I think you can put good thought and engineering in how to how to make the parts and pieces stay connected and stay you know trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are some connectors that are inherently more reliable just from their physical design than others. Sure. One of the one of the biggest concerns I have with connectors is plugging a hard drive in. Because all you need is just a tiny glitch for a disconnect while you're using your hard drive, and you you'll virtually always lose the the contents of that hard drive. Yeah, there's nothing more critical than uh, talking yeah. to a hard drive over a really crappy, yeah. bad or unreliable connection, especially in a device that's moving around a lot because it's a portable device. And if you're working right. on your lap, all you have to do is, you know, shift your, your weight to one side and the, the thing jiggles a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And if you've got a flaky connector, that can destroy stuff. And let's be clear, when you say hard drive, you're meaning hard drive and probably mostly these days SSDs. But either way, when you're yeah. reading or write, when you're writing data, Reading data, not so much, but when you're writing data, I mean, reading data will probably cause your app to crash, but writing data, if it's un- unsuccessful, can, can not only, um, uh, damage that, that specific app or file, but it can also cause problems with the overall file system. Yeah, well, what, what is really needed is an interface that such that if you do have an interruption of your file, it never corrupts the entire or no opportunity even mm-hmm. to corrupt the entire drive. It uh, should always work on a local basis and yeah. lock out any access to the, anything else, and especially the critical. Uh, and that's being done. Things. That's being done more and more in the higher end um, devices. That you know you've got uh, fairly large caches, so that most of what you're writing goes into the cache immediately and then gets written. Plus, they write so much faster now with the SSDs. And again, the higher end, higher quality SSDs write very fast. So the actual window of you know, hey, oops, something could be miswritten because of a bad connection is very small. All I'm saying is that this. Uh, computer doesn't talk about any kind of a new operating system or protection from uh, the operating system's inability to do damage to whatever you're plugging in. You know, it, it's just yeah. one side of the... Uh, or yeah, but I think, like I said, I think part of that's actually handled in the the hardware of the storage systems now. The interface in the storage systems handles a lot of that you know, redundancy so that you, uh, you know, write to a cache and then the cache is on board with the actual storage medium. And so, yeah. you know, but you're, you, but, but I don't think that you go to buy a, uh, 
any kind of hard drive today that there's any special brand that gives you any assurance that that's the case. No, no, it's just that they're, the interfaces that they've written and designed for them over the years, you know, and built into the hardware has gotten much more robust than what it used to be. And because you're not dealing with, you know, a moving disc and a magnetic head that can get jostled physically, um, you know, you're writing to specific memory locations. There's less chance of you like you, know, you, you can't like accidentally write outside of the the pathway of the where the data is supposed to go and corrupt the drive physically. That doesn't address the issue for people like me who have shelves full of old hard drives. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> most I'm afraid, pe- to, I'm afraid to plug them in. Most most people don't even have a, a an external hard drive ever. They will buy a laptop and use it, and if they run out of space, they'll delete stuff. Uh, you know, you and I are are outliers in that world. Yeah, but anyway, oldies, I, I, oldies and outliers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only place that I really have spinning drives anymore, I do have some spinning drives and some boxes and stuff, and um, and you know, I probably should sit down and see what's actually on them and whether they're worth keeping. Um, but I have some spinning drives that are um attached to like network area storage that I do backups and stuff too. And, and so those are still spinning drives just because, you know, your uh, dollar per gigabyte or terabyte in, the, in this case is significantly lower. And for a backup device, speed is not of the essence, you know, it's just, I just want to have a copy of data somewhere so that if if the primary stuff goes, it's backed up. And that device, by the way, is on a machine that's also backed up to the cloud. So I have plus plus most of that data would also be in iCloud. So I've got that data, you know, in on the device, iCloud, backed up in the cloud, and physically backed up on location. So it's in four different places. It should be fairly mm-hmm. fairly robust. But you know. Things happen. So, <laughs> says the guy who accidentally deleted a whole bunch of the only copy of photos that he had one time in his life many years ago. Yeah. And, th- and then sat there crying that night when I realized what I had done. Yeah. It was like irreplaceable. Stuff. It was, yeah. Now, on the positive side, I will say that this was early on in the digital camera world. And my wife literally, every time we did photos, took the memory card down and had prints made. And so I have boxes of prints of every one of those photos. Yeah. And so over the years, I have been scanning them back in manually on occasion as I needed. Yeah. You know. Anyway, for our... The ultimate backup, right? For our, <laughs> for our listeners, a PC Mag uh, has an article on the Framework laptop that, where they review it as 4.0 excellent uh-huh. as, a, as a product. Uh, and uh, so I, I would say it's... Uh, Worth considering for people who like flexibility, uh, it's a it's a thousand dollars nine ninety nine, at least the one they're talking about here. I yeah, I think they say it starts at a thousand, and then depending on how you um, configure it with CPUs and everything else, but but that's with a uh, with a Intel Core i seven um, right. at two point eight gigahertz, which is is basically what the MacBook Air was before they went to uh the um M1 yeah and, and then subsequently the M2 so uh, and it's a 13 inch screen similar to a MacBook Air now um, they do make on on their uh, framework uh, laptop site they do make up to a 16 inch so they make a variety of uh mm-hmm. versions of their machines so uh 
uh, I think it was, was it framework.com? I don't remember. I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The one thing I would say about anything like this is that, um, you know, the, how long you want to keep it and the fact that you can upgrade, it, I think is great. How long is the physical box that you ha- are putting this stuff in going to last, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know about a lot of people like I, we've been, my, I and my family have been using Mac laptops since my children were like middle school age. That's when we switched to Macs from PCs. Absolutely. The appeal to this for me still is that if I weren't, uh, old, I always Mm -hmm. enjoyed building my own interfaces to a variety of things. Mm -hmm. Or if you have, uh, if you want to build a control system with a computer in it, this is the box to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh. Well, where I was going was, is that, you know, it, it, how long are you going to keep upgrading the innards of this thing? And that's going to be based on, well, how long does the, does the physical case last? And people go, well, what, you know, it's a case. What's to break? Well, the, the hinge gets weak and the top gets floppy. You drop it and you, and, it, and the case cracks, you know, so, you know, it's just how, how well built is it and how long is it going to last? Um, yeah. you know, uh, in, in my family, most of the Macs, when they finally have died, you know, somewhere after use being used for, you know, close to a decade, it's been things like the hinge, you know, um, sure. um, or, you know, the outside has just gotten banged up and beat up enough that it's like, it's, you know, no longer pretty and it's now so slow or you can't upgrade it anymore because, you know, Apple usually pushes it out the back end of support at about yeah. eight, eight years or so, um, you know. Yeah, but but I'm just saying that mm-hmm. there are no portables that I'm aware of until I found this thing right. that I even allow you to do the kinds of things that I'm talking about. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's the kind of thing that, that kind of went out the door when everybody followed Apple down the path of the MacBook Air-style computers, right? Right. And, and so everything is just sealed inside, and, you, you know, they make it difficult to replace something, much less upgrade something. Um, right. and, and here's a computer that's designed from the ground up to be completely upgradable, replaceable. Um, they even said that they offer upgrades to the basic motherboards so you can go in and change out your, your CPU as that's well right. as your storage and your memory and, uh, you know, easily replace touchpads and keyboards if those get worn. And, yeah, and now, I love that idea. And by the way, you have generalized, uh, I think there are four, uh, access ports to plug in the interfaces mm-hmm. and they can be any combination uh, or multiple, uh, copies of either a USB-C, mm-hmm. uh, uh, HDMI, micro SD, USB-A, USB-C, and DP. I don't know what that means. Um, that's the, uh, uh, what is it? The digital, um, uh, port. It's for driving screens. I can't think of that. I'm blanking on the name of it, but yeah. Display port. Yeah, there you go. Display port. That's the word. Yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, my only, yeah, and those are all uh, little custom type of modules, but it ships with two C's, uh, the display port, uh, HDMI, uh, SD card, and, uh, and a USB A as well. And so you can swap any of those in and out at all time and it ships with them. But they're like mm-hmm. custom, customized little modules that snap in and out on the bottom of the, um, device. And of course, if you wanted more, you can just buy the individual ports, uh, you know, to snap in. And I yeah. like the idea that there, I mean, it would be wonderful if there was like just a, you know, a, uh, 
a industry-wide standard for snapping new ports onto your computers. Yeah. But uh, lacking that, yeah, lacking that, at least one company has said, we're going to do it, and here's how we're going to do it. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know, if I like like you were saying, if I was still sort of in the PC world or had a need to be in the PC world, I would look at this very uh, with with a lot of interest and say, well, does this make a lot of sense for me? You know, if computer clubs come back and you've got a bunch of people who like to tinker with things, you know, mm-hmm. just experimental, uh, then this is a, offers a lot of things that you don't get with a regular computer. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I want to correct here, by the way. We said the 999 one is the one that was an i7. No, that's an i5. Uh, they have three, three pre-configured models. You can also build it custom, but there's three basic uh, uh, con- configurations. The base model is 999 with an i5. For thirteen ninety nine, you can go to the performance model, uh, uh, which bumps you up to the i seven, and uh, and then the pro model goes to an, an, a, a faster i seven and and more memory and storage. Um, yeah. yeah, the the base model is an i five with eight gig of memory and two fifty six gigabytes of storage, and uh, and then you can go up to. Like I said, faster CPUs. It can go up to 32 gigabytes of memory total and up to a terabyte of storage. And my guess is they can go well beyond a terabyte because it's using a standardized uh, memory module in there. So um, I know that there are larger ones. And you can expand memory if you choose to do that if you don't buy it filled up. But there are two slots that will handle up to uh, 8 terabytes in each one. So you could have a 16 terabyte Ah, internal memories. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they did say that it's this is these are the pre-configured ones, but you can, like you said, you can. That's the great thing about this design is that you can mix and match and upgrade and do based on what your your needs are, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the and the other thing is uh, sometimes as computers get older, it's really just the uh, uh, power supply, the battery in there that doesn't hold a charge mm-hmm. anymore or something. So that's an easy deal. Change right. out your change out your battery. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to buy the assembly required DIY version of it, it's $750. And then you start buying the parts and pieces. You can get your own memory and storage if you want to, or you can buy it from them. Um, and then clearly you need, I, I don't know if that, that $750 includes the same set of, um, of ports, you know, the HDMI and USB-C. I don't know if that includes that or you have to buy those separately. If you have to buy those separately, then it's, it's got to include those because, at seven fifty, if it does, that's not no memory and no storage, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So, so I don't know. I like the idea. Like I said, if I were in the PC world, I would be strongly looking at one of these. I would want to put my hands on it and see what the build quality feels like to me and looks like. You know. Yeah, I that's don't know if they're selling the unknown. in anybody's store. I suspect they're only online. Yeah. Because uh, that would drive the costs up to have have a retail add-on to it. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. But uh, I like the concept. Anyway, they do have in this article, PC uh, does the, the performance testing, and and it uh, in terms of total speed, they show a couple machines that are somewhat faster, but not significantly uh, in terms of overall productivity test suite. Mm-hmm. And then they have graphics and gaming tests, and it's not at the bottom of the heap. The Microsoft Surface laptop is, and uh, uh, HP Pavilion even is down below uh, the performance of the framework. So, so it's not the fastest one, but it 
does up, you know, it comes mm-hmm. in in the sort of the middle of the pack. Uh, so. Yeah. It's anyway. interesting that they say some of the things are attached, like the bezel around the screen is attached with magnets, um, which then, you know, makes me think about, like, the sense of, like, does this thing feel like it's, you know, tightly put together? Um, you know, again, I would just have to have it in my hands to see what I thought. But, you know, they show pictures of the layout inside. It's fairly tightly packed space. Um, it looks like the base of the case is a plastic that's painted to look like metal. Um, but, you know, it might be actually metal. I don't know. I didn't see anything in here that says that it is or isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, plastic is sort of the, the standard in most PC laptops, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't compare it with a, an Apple machine at all. Right. Well, but I'm saying there are, there are PC laptops that are, are made out of aluminum and titanium and, you know, I mean, they, they, sure. but then you, you end up paying a premium for the higher, you know, higher, um, uh, cost of production of, you know, better materials. So, yeah. um, and I say better materials, probably the right word is longer, la- longer lasting materials, you know, because, um, plastic is a really good material for this stuff, you know? Um, yep. You know, it depends on how they do it. I know there are, uh, have some that are doing like these hybrid ceramic type plastics that are actually, you know, really scratch resistant and, and pretty high quality. Yeah, I, uh, and, and we'll have plastics as long as the, uh, uh, climate change people uh, don't go get, uh, totally bananas and what yeah. they call zero, uh, <laughs> footprint. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not even that those people, there are a lot of people who have health concerns. They're starting to say that, you know, there's little bits of plastic that are micro, what they call micro, uh, uh, plastics, you know, that are basically in everybody's bloodstream. Now everybody's body has been inundated with little bits of plastic and that's causing health issues that we maybe didn't foresee because these things are, you know, not made to be part yeah. of our body. And yet, you know, we ship, all kinds of stuff in plastics and with plastics and, you know, so, well, so it's not, no surprise to, to find out that, that we have lots of plastics in our bodies and that that's probably not a good thing. Probably not. And then it's not just plastics, it's chemicals of almost every type that get into the water systems mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, so, uh, I think water is going to become a big deal here very shortly where there will be different standards, uh, because they haven't even been testing for some of the kinds of chemicals that are in today's water systems. Yeah. Uh, and you know. until until we have a good assessment of the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, generally generally speaking, in the U.S., we we think of our water system as something that you know sets us apart from lots of the world that we can turn on a sink and get fresh, clean water, right? But yeah, what the, is, pl- the plumbing is good, but the content is well. Not but then you then you live, you know that's assuming you don't live in places like you know um, uh, Flint, Michigan, right, where people thought that until they found out that that wasn't fresh, clean water; that it was yeah. poisoned, and 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 people were getting sick, and and well, so you know, and it's not like it smells or looks any different. That's right. It, it's yeah. really scary and insidious. I think you're right. I think that's going to water is going is going to continue to be a major issue for uh, for well, humanity worldwide. And, and it's on the political stage now with Bobby Kennedy Jr. running because he made his uh, his uh, reputation in terms of investigating rivers and waterways and <laughs> his reputation or lack thereof. Well, 
you know, whether yeah. people believe him or not, he's been doing this as a lawyer sure. for years yeah. and winning cases. So he's not a dummy. No, no, he's not a dummy, but he does definitely stake out some sort of um, way outside the norm, the, the mainstream thought uh, on certain positions. He, he's a little bit of a loon sometimes, um, you know, but that doesn't mean he's wrong. Yeah. Right. Name a politician that isn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I have almost zero confidence in our media and, and politics these days. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's a mess. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think we've, we've, uh, gone through that, uh, yeah, those, we, yeah, we, framework computers. Long yeah. Time. Yeah. We've got, we've gone off on a tangent here. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at their website and, uh, yeah, I think you're right. The only place you could get it is there, which is unfortunate. And I, I see this thing and it looks more and more, I mean, now that I kind of see the bottom side of it, it looks like maybe that is aluminum. I don't know. It's hard to tell in the pictures, but it's, I, yeah. I wish that they, you know, had cut a deal with, with Best Buy so you could go walk in and look at them. They yeah. do, they do sell it with, uh, Windows Home Edition or, uh, one of several different varieties of Linux. So, um, so there's, you know, different operating systems that you can put into it if you want. Um, in, in addition to Intel processors, they support, uh, some AMD processors. So, um, yeah, lots of flexibility. That's, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and, uh, oh, and they do have a fingerprint reader on it too. So they're, you know, it's, it's a modern computer in every sense of the, uh, in every sense of the word. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. If, like I said, if I was in the PC world, I think I would definitely be looking at one of these just because I like being able to fidget and fuss with my computer. I suspect that there's probably a lot of people who would be horrified by the thought. <laughs> it's like just, oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, uh, again, yeah. you and I are not the normal um, uh, market for this kind of stuff, right? Well, this, we're, we're looking at something in, not in only... Fact, this, in fact, the reason we're talking about it is this used to be kind of my hobby when, when you were younger and we'd go off to these shows and see all these pieces and parts. I, in yeah. fact, a lot of the shows are right along a railroad track. That sort of gives you yeah. some. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you say my hobby. It was my hobby as well. I mean, I was building yeah. these things. In fact, I was, I went out and built them for other people for, you know, it's, to make some money on the side for a while. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. You, but it was funny. Yeah. It was literally it was a long, yeah, yeah. It was literally, we would go to, to swap meets that sprung up literally along the side of the road. They were sponsored by, you know, a hobby shop or, or some electronic store or something somewhere. And you'd go and, and buy, and, and, you know, you didn't ask where this stuff come from. A lot of it, you know, were, were people who had family members who were, who were sending them from places that they could get, get them cheap and, you know, in China. Um, but uh, you, you had the feeling some of these things, quote, fell off a truck, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this we're talking about uh, just about all of these places were in Orange County, California. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which, and, and there were several. There were competing right. uh, companies. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. You could go on, on almost any weekend if you knew where they were and where to see, you know, what time they were going on because so, different different places sponsored them on different weekends. Yeah. So... The normal, uh, I'd, I'd have to say that was a, an abnormal situation, a, a county like that that had so many of these because it was a large population area and there were lots of technology things going on at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a unique time and place, you know, for for that, for that kind of hobby thing. Although it was happening in other places, too, because I've heard people talk about, you know, in the Boston area, again, another kind of high-tech hub, you That's know, right. go, going yeah. to computer swap meets, which apparently, you know, they're still going on in places if you go looking for them. Um, you know, and so... You're right. I'll bet you these would be hot items at the swap meets. So... So yeah, well, I don't know about these these particular devices, but because, um, well, when I say swap meets, that doesn't mean all used stuff. I mean, there's lots yeah. Of new in fact, most of it wasn't used. Although nowadays, I would bet a lot of it is people who are who are into sort of the uh, retro computing and are trying to maintain older computers, and so they're looking for parts and pieces, and and uh, you know, you want to go out there and buy your your really cool Northgate keyboard because remember Northgate keyboards, they were great. They were a huge hit oh, for a yeah. while. Big, a big, heavy mechanical keyboard that, you know, made a clackety clack sound when you typed. But if you were used to the, um, the old IBM Selectric typewriters, they yep. mimicked that typewriter so well. And it was such a heavy duty bit monster of a thing. Well, that you was know? the office standard, you know, and early computers had some really cruddy keyboards. So those, yeah. Secretaries who had used their uh, Selectric uh, typewriters. Yeah, uh, you buy them a really keyboard, or a computer, and they look at you like you're insane. It's like, how am I supposed to type on that piece of garbage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, was, there was a point in time where just keyboards for computers were really yeah. rampant. Yeah, yeah. You you know, the, an IBM branded keyboard even wasn't as good as the Selectric or the Northgate initially. You know, I think IBM caught onto it pretty quickly because they had a division That's that right. knew how to make keyboards. But, um, you know, when they still sold computers, uh, or personal computers anyway, they, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the most random thing, right? Is like, just get a keyboard that feels right so you can type on it. <laughs> so, um, I remember setting my mother-in-law up with her first keyboard and, and word perfect. Um, you know, and she was a legal secretary and, uh, and over time, she became an absolute wizard at WordPerfect um, yeah. and yeah. could rattle things off, you know. But it was, you know, part of that deal was get her one that has a, a computer with a decent keyboard. In fact, I think I got a Northgate keyboard for her that cost a, a pretty penny compared to, you know, as a, as a portion of the overall computer price. But, you know, if, if that's what you do, you, that you, you put money into doing, getting quality tools, you know. Yep. You know, a, a professional carpenter has better tools than than a weekend warrior, uh, and there's and there's a reason for that. Absolutely. Know? Well, you can't tolerate a breakdown if you're out on a job. Cause yeah, that, that's money. Hours out of work or something. Yeah, you know, that's that's that. money in your pocket. You know, I mean, it's funny because you listen to programmers talk about like uh, um, that with with you know buying a better computer or a faster computer. It's like, you know, if you're dealing with a large code base and when you hit the compile button, you have to go take a lunch, um, you know, knocking that, cutting that time in half or, or, you know, or in thirds is a big deal. If you can get a faster computer that can compile faster, it's got more, yeah. more processing power. Right. <clears throat> um, cause that's money. Mm hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's time you can spend solving problems rather than just waiting for your computer to show you what you did. So, that's right. Yep. Yep. Okay, so if you're interested in PCs that are upgradable and you want to play with that, check out the Framework laptop at uh, framework.com. Pretty sure that's what it was. Let me double check that. 
Frame.work. I'm sorry. It is frame.work. That's where it is. Okay. Frame.work. Yeah, so check it out. Um, anyway, one yeah. of the... Got moving on to a new topic. I found this article that says uh, A17 Bionic, Apple's uh, chip that they've used in their... Uh, some of their other products other than the computers is expected to be the first three nanometer chip offering major efficiencies. Yeah. A17 doesn't exist right now. The A16 is the uh, current computer that's out there. That's in the, um, so maybe it'll be in the 15. So yeah, I wish they'd get that synced up. So the A16 is, is that right? The A16 is in the, in the, in the iPhone 14 and the A17 will be in the iPhone 15. Yeesh. Yeah. They, they need to get those numbers aligned. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I think they don't care because they don't want you talking about that. That's right. You know, a- Apple doesn't like to talk specs or stuff. They, they want you to just, you know, but, trust that they say it's better. Oh, actually, the, the, we're wrong. The the A15 is currently in the iPhone 14. It is the A15. So if they're talking A17, they're not talking about next year's phones. They're talking about the year after that, which okay. which is interesting because that means that then this next year, they're still going to be at the 5 nanometer or the 5 nanometer plus is what they call it or enhanced or whatever. Oh, yeah, it says that at the bottom of the article. Yeah. Destined for not next year's standard phone i16 and i16 plus models. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, standard i16. So they're saying that the i15 Pro should have it this year. Uh, well, yeah. The three nanometer. Boy, that's confusing. 15 Pros and Pro Max. Yeah, because because this year is the first year that they did that with the iPhone. So like, the A15 is in the iPhone iPhone 14 Pro, but its predecessor is in the regular iPhone 14. So they've separated the two lines, and so that one of the things you get with the Pro is the newer, faster chip. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, it's not surprising at all that's in the iPhone first because that's where they want to do. Greater sure. and greater things. That's their big well, exactly, maker. and that's the that's the thing that dwarfs everything else they do in terms of of uh, revenue and production. I mean, they just sure. you know tons and tons of phones. So anyway, that's uh, uh, that's when we'll see the first three nanometer. But mm-hmm. that's so we're we're talking about when in terms of calendar time. Uh, because I don't know when the 15s will even be out Yes, at this point. I guess it's anybody's guess, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah, they talk about the A17, the whole thing. And then, like you said, the last little paragraph here says, or it may actually be in the in the uh, iPhone 15 Pro and, therefore, the A16 um, this next year. <laughs> okay. okay. Here's, here's where it relates it to real dates. The yeah. N3B CPU and CPU design originally designed for A16 Bionic for the initial A17 chips before switching the original A16 designs with NC3, N3E later in 2024. So it's... Uh, uh, that sentence doesn't make a lot of sense because they say for the A16 Bionic for the initial A17 chips. Do they, is there an and missing in there? 
uh, or or in, or was one supposed to be there instead of the other? I think that was some well, bad editing. Somebody edited that and, and hacked that sentence up so that it doesn't I, make I, any sense. I, I think you're right. It's kind of hard to figure out what they really mean. So it yeah. sounds like they might change something in the A17 and while it's still being used. You know, it's not necessarily a model change. As far as the, yeah, and I think that's highly unlikely. Apple's not done that in the past, and I don't see any reason why they would do it now. If they're going to make a change in the chip, then they just wait and do it when they give it a different model yeah. number. They wouldn't, in the middle of the A17 run or A16 run, suddenly say, okay, now the A16 is going to be on this new, completely different uh, node that's that's going to make them faster and more efficient. You know, But if you bought one of the first ones, then they're less fast and less efficient. Well, that well, that wouldn't make any sense at all. The distinction you're making is uh, the A16 and initial A17 chips isn't going to have this N3E component. That's a version uh, until late, late in 2024. So late 2024 is when we'll first see uh, three nanometer product producers. Yeah. Chips right. For- yeah. And and the way you read it sounded funny, but it actually if you read it again, it says it may be the case that Apple is using the N3B CPU and GPU core design originally designed for the A16 Bionic for the initial A17 chips. And then they yeah. say before switching to the original A17 design with the N3E later in 2024. Okay, and I think that's highly unlikely. So, you know, because we talk about something like the chips like the A16 or the A17. Well, these are systems on a chip. There's lots of stuff in there. And and so, you know, the CPU and GPU core designs within that – sometimes don't change very much. In fact, if you look, if you go back and, and read some of the articles about it, like the Apple watches, even though the Apple uh, watch, I think it was the five, six, seven, and now the eight and the, and the ultra watch all have different CPUs numbers in them. The CPU core in the middle of them is the same in every one of those. They have not been upgraded in quite some yeah. time. Um, well, anyway, it sounds like that's been, Delayed because there was stuff I read earlier that led me to think that sometime in 2020, uh, excuse me, yeah. uh, 2024, earlier than, than, than the end of the year, that they were going to have it out. Now it looks like it slipped to the end of the year. Or whatever they mean by later in right. So what they're yeah. So what they're saying is is that the that the new cores that are on the three nanometer stuff that they're going to put into the A16, which will be out this next year, uh, may be carried over into the A17 at least for part of a year, and then they may yeah. update. And my guess is is if it's not ready for the A17 at launch, then it won't make it won't see the light of day until the A18. Yeah, because it's a new process to, to yeah. build the three nanometer chips. That's why they're just totally yeah. uncertain as to when that'll right. be ready. Right. That's, but that's but, what this is all about. Sure. But well no, they're saying that the A the A sixteen is expected to be in the I fifteen pros will be the three nanometer. But what they're yeah. saying is that E, the second generation of the, the, the N three E version of the chip may not be ready for the iPhone sixteens yeah. uh oh, the following yeah. year. And so you know, and and what that means, you know, what is in that? What's the difference between the the N3B CPU and the N3E CPU? You know, I don't know, right. but but the question is, I, I really strongly believe that Apple's not going to change the CPU core in the middle of a run. Yeah, there that won't change. 
that yeah, I just don't believe that. If, yeah. if, if it's not ready when they're ready to launch the next generation of phone, then it will be held for the following generation of the phone. Yeah. I also think it's interesting here down at the bottom to, to say that, you know, Mac Daily News is repeating the, the fact or the, 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 uh, allegations or the the news that we've heard previously about the fact that uh 90% of TSMC's TSMC's 3 nanometer chip chip capability fabrication ability yep. has been booked by Apple for its new iPhones for the next year so they're going all in on the on the newer faster smaller better and oh, yeah. and basically saying as much as you can make we'll take it uh yep. and you know TM TM uh TSMC maybe is is holding out some or has committed a little bit to somebody else, but but the vast majority of what they can make is going to end up in Apple products. Yep, you got to keep the big guy happy. Yeah, That's yeah, what it amounts to. Yeah, well, especially because as we've read before, Apple has spent a lot of um, research and money helping develop the machines that actually do the production on these things with some of their subcontractors, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, there's there's no doubt that, it, you know, if Apple's funding the development of the production capabilities, uh, that they're going to then have, you know, cream of the crop pick of what they want to, you know, what they want to use and which technology they're going to use to build their stuff. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Easy interesting. Yeah. Uh so, you just upgraded a while. I, I don't think we've talked about this online, did we? We talked about the fact that you were getting it. You announced that you were going to get it. But you did upgrade from your old iPhone 10, right? The the original iPhone with Face ID the, the that you'd had the entire time. You finally upgraded to an iPhone 13 mini? Mini. mini. I got a little, little box now. And in fact, I'm not even going to put a cover on it. Yeah. Yeah, I just decided to keep it little. Little as I can get it. The only thing is, it's a little bit slick. I, I I'd like to have, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I may end up getting something, but uh, I'm afraid that I might drop it myself. And the other thing that I've noticed is that with this uh, power button just sticking out there on the side, uh, I can't pick it up without it coming on. Uh huh. I mean, it's just on, on. You know, if I stick it in my pocket, I assume it'll go off after a while. Yeah, but you. Know, but you, you... Well, I think that that's, that's part of the, the way the face ID is working now is that it becomes aware anytime it feels that it's being moved because it's looking for a face. Yeah. I think you can turn that down if you want to in, in your settings, but. But anyway, I, I really like this size. It fits in my pocket better. It's still big, you know. Yeah. I, I still think ultimately they got to get back to the flip phone size if they really want to do it. Yeah. Do most people a service. Because uh, I'm not a real smartphone fan other than a couple capabilities. Uh, as I have always said, my iPhone is my car navigator, so that's uh, that's an important, the most important app other than just being able to answer the phone and and get notifications for stuff that's come in. You know, somebody wants to get in touch with me, is I have to yeah. carry it with me, but. Uh, uh, my recommendation for you for something that feels good in hand is a really, really minimalistic case that um, doesn't make the phone feel bulky, but it also gives you enough tackiness, is the actual Apple iPhone leather case. That's what I had on my other phone. Right. Fact, That's what I I've had it, on my... 
Yeah. I turned it in with the phone because I says, you know, it's, it's never going to work with another. Right. Another. Yeah. Yeah. But this one is, um, you know, unfortunately Apple's a little pricey on these things. They cost about 60 bucks, but, uh, but they feel good in your hand. The leather, you know, gets a patina on it over time with your, um, Yep. You know, the oils from your hand and stuff. And, uh, I have found that to be the best case for iPhones. And that's all I've used for, I don't know, probably the last, uh, yeah. If, you know, if I decided to get one, that, that, that'd probably be the one because I, yeah. I was happy with that case. Right. Like you said, it's extremely thin. I was just looking online and they, they come, it comes in five different colors, including a wisteria, which is a purple. Um, yeah. I'm well, sure my, that's the one you'd be lining up for. My other thought is, is this, this time I got a blue phone, and it's kind of pretty. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You cover it up too much, but. Yeah. Well, you know, they yeah. go to all this trouble of building a nice glass case on the back and yeah. make, make it look pretty, and then you hide it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's always, I, I, always, I, I always think about, you know, and their choice of materials and stuff is always, you know, Apple doing what they believe is the right way to make the best phone they can. But I remember Steve Martin making the comment that, yeah, he says, I love my iPhone. It's the, the, the nicest thousand dollar item I carry in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says, and I especially appreciate that they made it out of glass and then they made it slippery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve that. They yeah. Deserve that. Yeah. So, yeah, in fact, the last time I've gotten the phone, I've gotten some bright colors on the or the leather case. I've gotten bright colors. Um, uh, but then the bright colors, you know, kind of darken and patina pretty quickly with, with you know, just oils and stuff. And the leather yeah. looks nice. But uh, I found that, you know, a lighter color makes it easier to find it, you know, when you're digging for it in a backpack or something, too, because... As a swim coach, I usually drop stuff into backpacks when I'm coaching, and so. You the know. other thing I was just noticing, and I I never picked this phone up when I had you know when I had a case on, I couldn't see the phone, but now I can see the uh, the isolation between the antennas on the rim around the side. Oh sure, you know? yeah. So that I've got what, about three or four antennas on here. Yep. Uh, maybe one one of the segments, a little one corner area around the camera probably not an antenna that's a little very short segment yeah but could be i don't know because there's yeah. several several radios in here and they all require a different antenna sure well and, or they could have an antenna you know underneath the back because it's glass and that you know they can go through that without any trouble yeah you know which is part of the reason that they went away from like remember the iphone 5 was all aluminum across the back and the only glass was the front and yeah. so that uh you know, precluded them being able to send signals through it easily. Um, yep. But remember, remember the uh, you talk about the antennas going in there. Remember the iPhone four and, and and antenna gate where they were saying, well, if you held it a certain way, you blocked the antennas. And so Apple finally kind of rolled their eyes and said, okay, anybody who wants one, we'll send you a free bumper. And so it wasn't a case; it was just a rubber thing that went around the outside of the 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 phone so that you couldn't like touch the antennas and attenuate them. <laughs> By the way, I, I read an article the other day. Just They're still out there by doctors that talk about uh, sensitivity to radio waves and RF. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy really claims that uh, all of us guys who have pockets, not, he wasn't concerned about women because they, they don't put the phone close to their skin like we right. do. Put, put the thing in your pocket and guess what it's close to? Yeah. Uh, an area that this might make you... Uh, uh, 
lose your fertility. <laughs> yeah, think, thinking and, about uh, irradiating yourself is probably a bad idea. In fact, he made a strong case that that will be showing up in the statistics as we move along. Yeah. Young people who have a lifetime of carrying phones, guys carrying phones in their pockets, yeah. are, not, are not going to, uh, they might be childless. I'm well, having trouble connecting to the internet. Whoops. For more info. Yeah. There are, well, they've already said that the, that the fertility of men in the United States has gone down. I've seen studies about that, so now, you know, it's like, I don't know what the causal factors are, but this could be one of them. Uh, yeah, well, I, this doctor made a strong, I mean, he really believed it. You know? Yeah. He knows from the work that he's done. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, he seemed to be very aware of all the different frequencies that uh, mm-hmm. were in the phones that we carry, and uh, yeah, that that was happening. Yep. So, well, like I said, I'm starting to carry mine in my backpack more and more. Uh, <laughs> well, so. some people put them in their hip pocket. Now, I I never yeah. felt comfortable about that. That's too much of a chunky thing. And right. Besides, I'm big enough that I think I'd break the phone. Oh, if you sat on it, yeah, you got to just remember not to. Yeah, sit if, on if it. it's I'm, in your rear pocket, what, what do you, yeah, you know. I'm not sure I'm going to remember to pull it out every time I sit down. Yeah, so. yeah. By the way, there is also an iPhone clear case. It's a clear plastic case. So if you like the blue, it is slightly bulkier than the leather case. Um, and yeah. I say that from experience. My wife has a clear case on her phone. I bought her. Uh, she has an iPhone uh, 12 normal, not the not the Pro, and. Um, and I got it for her in purple because that's her favorite color. And it was like one of the first phones that was av- iPhones that was available in purple. And she, so, you know, she didn't want to cover that up. So we got a clear case for her. We got the Apple clear case. I will say for me, I don't particularly like the feel of the plastic. I like the feel of the leather more. So yeah. for me, it was more a touch thing, but for her, it was a visual thing and she's fine with it. And so, and that has protected her phone fine, uh, for quite a yeah. while. So. By the way, your mother has a, a seven. Uh, it's obviously way out of date, and it probably won't even be upgradable. Uh, it's to not the next, to the next uh, yeah. level. They, they uh, cut off the the eight in the last in the next update. Yeah, so. in fact, I, I was wondering if there's anything really critical about the update that matters to her. You know. Um, there might be some things that matter to you because if she doesn't have the update, then certain features that you have in terms of sharing and stuff to her won't won't work the way that they used to. I'm going to uh, take time out here for about five minutes, Todd. You want to keep going? Sure, I'll do that. And okay, when you come I'll be back. right back. Yeah, yeah. So as he steps away, I'm going to talk about what I have been recommending for a long time for my mother. Uh, she currently has, um, he said it was a seven. It maybe it's a seven. I thought she had, um, a six, a six, but the normal size. Um, but that exact same form factor is still available in a phone. So she could get a brand new phone that has the guts of an iPhone 13 physically looks exactly like the phone. She currently has uh, support for 5g, uh, we'll run all the latest software, and it's one of the most affordable phones that the fine folks at Apple make, and that is the current version of the uh, iPhone SE. And so I have been trying to talk my dad into getting my mother an iPhone SE for quite a while. Um, I think that that would be a fantastic phone for her, 
and uh, it would bring her into the modern hardware um, in terms of the innards of the phone, even though the uh, physical device would be exactly the same as she currently has, which is what she wants. She doesn't want to deal with Face ID. She doesn't want to learn anything new. She just wants a phone that works and looks exactly like the one she's got. And so if she got an iPhone SE, she would have a brand new phone that looks exactly like the one she's got and works that way for her. So that would be my recommendation course he didn't get to hear that because he stepped away so um you know i'll maybe repeat it to him again we'll see if it, if it goes anywhere but uh yeah it's got the a15 chip in it it's got touch id instead of face id it's a great phone so are you back i'm back okay so i basically repeated the thing that i have said to you several times which is get mom the new iphone or the current iphone se it has the exact same processor and radios and everything that's in the phone that you just got, the iPhone mini, the iPhone 13 mini. It looks and works exactly like the phone she currently has. It still has a button. It's the same size. It's the cheapest phone that, I, that Apple sells, and it's a fantastic phone. Okay, I'll do that. Because I think I need to get her sort of upgraded. I agree, and this one will be a, you know, long-lasting phone for her, and nothing changes from her perspective. She gets a phone that looks and works exactly like the one she has, but it's got an iPhone 13 guts in it, so it can, you know, manage the most recent versions of software. It can, um, uh, you know, connect to 5G connections, which is, you know, sort of the standard now in most places, and, uh, and I think she would be very happy with that phone, and it would then also allow her to stay current with operating systems. Okay, I'll start to work on that one, Todd. Yeah, it's a uh, 429 for the 64 gigabyte model, 479 for 128, 579 for 256. But I don't think she needs that. She could probably get yeah. by with the 64 just fine. Yeah, you know, uh, and she can get it in in black or the starlight, which is kind of the color that she has right now. That kind of um, Pink uh, or whatever. Yeah, kind of a very light, kind of pinkish metalish looking color, or in the bright red, which. I doubt she likes that. No, no. So, that. so it'd be black or it would be that kind of sparkly metal one that I think is probably the one that's similar to what she has and that would make her happy. Yep. You know, yeah. and then you can just back back up the current phone and then restore it to the new phone and set it down and she could keep on trucking like nothing happened. Yep. Yep. That's what I like. Something that's straightforward and easy. Yeah. I yeah. just got. I just sent my other one back. The package they sent that my phone in has a had, was was meant to be used as a return package. Uh-huh. But the instructions that came with it were some kind of uh, just drawings, you know, like you're supposed to be able to understand from the drawings. I couldn't make heads nor tails out of it, <laughs> so I went and cut up some cardboard and wrapped it around the phone to fill in the, the space in the box. So right. Bang around. Right. And uh, taped it on and. Send it back that way. It's like, thank you very much. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and, and I think they go to this, this symbology stuff. If, if they can do it well enough, though, you can understand it. But if you, if you listen to the, the way the, uh, Asians write English, they can't persuade, they can't, uh, speak that as, as well as the, uh, 
illustrations do, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, you know, this presumably the packaging was all designed by Apple in California, but the idea I'm sure was that let's design one package that everybody can look at and be equally confused. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, shall we move on to something else? I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, there was a, an article that said Google should be very afraid of Apple Vision Pro's visual search capabilities. Now, I've been trying to imagine just how that visual search will work, but it's got to be some combination of, I think, audio along with uh, just the visual. But, you know, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to describe something without actually having right. a device and trying it out in the visual space. Right. We don't, we don't well, I wonder if they're going to use, like, AI to recognize things so that if you look at it and it sees that you're looking at it and then you make a gesture with your hand, that then it searches and gives you information about it. Yeah, but a general search capability that we're all used to is, is solid text, you know. So how do you relate to that and the generality of it all? You know, I, it's not just objects that you search on, to right. searching. Uh, it's ideas, you know. It's a, sure. It's not. It's yeah. not uh, it's not limited to the visual space. Yeah. I mean, I very often do a quick search when I'm sitting just watching television. It's like, who is that actor? Or, you know, what now? See, the visual thing would be real good for who is that actor. But if it, if you recognize the actor or you can see it on screen, you know, by touching a button or something, then very often the search is like, what have I seen him in before? Right? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so... But anyway, this article, as well as Mac Daily News' take on it, is Google should be very afraid of Apple Vision Pro's visual search capabilities. Well, we don't have a good enough description yet, in my opinion, to say make that kind of a statement, because I, I really am sort of uh, stumbling over myself trying to figure out just how, what that is. How, how, yeah, and why is it going to be more powerful than than the current Google search engine? You know. Yeah. Well, and, and I liked Mac Daily News' take, too. It's like the visual search capabilities could be something that would maybe scare the fine folks at Google if Apple yeah. stops taking billions of dollars to make, oh, you know, and, and so, and, 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 you know, they may just say, well, look, if you want to be the default search for this new device, give us even billions more, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's a very viable business, um, uh, method, right? To just say, hey, I've got this new platform. If you want to be, you know, prominent on it, then uh, cough up yeah. some cash. And so far, Google has found that to be a very profitable thing to do, and so has Apple. So, yep, you know, thus my but, pictures but, for nose but, hair trimmers. But, but at this point, <laughs> Apple can't let their customers uh, go back to no, uh, to, to search that's worse than the Google engine either. So they're, yeah. they're on the hot seat because their customers expect it, you know? Yeah. So this has to be an advance. So, yeah. You know, I worry when a company like that tries to tear themselves away from the support they enjoyed. Right. But that's something years. Apple has done historically over and over again, is if they see something that they become too reliant on somebody else for, they say, yeah. well, how can we do it ourselves? You know, they did it with Maps. and oh, and. I've, and I've, and initially, I've, Maps had a lot of problems. They got bit in the butt, and it cost one guy his career. Uh, at Apple, you know, um, so, you know, it's, um, I mean, notably Tim Cook basically apologized for how bad maps were initially. 
Um, but the underlying design of maps was such that, that, that it was going to become better, but they pitched it as better out the door and it wasn't and everybody knew it. And that's where they were embarrassed. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm with you though. I think that saying this is getting ahead of things without explaining why, you know, Really? What, what is right. It should be apparent if I'm going to buy into that. And so I'm saying, well, that's just another more sales right. by Mac Daily News, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're saying it, it, the first paragraph does say this feature dubbed visual search will allow wearers to get information about various items simply by looking at them. And yeah, that's a very powerful interface to searching because you can have an AI front end and you can still have Google do the search in the background to come up with the information about them. Uh, and then it could just pop up a, a, a virtual screen where you could then read information about whatever it is that you wanted that information about. Um, and I can see how that would be very useful. But I don't know that that necessarily, you know, the, the visual identification of an object and saying, give me more information is a separate thing from where do you get that information, right? But with this giant 100-foot screen in front of them or whatever it is, they could have different sections that had different aspects for just about anything when you're in the search mode, you know, uh, so so that they could actually go through to a Google search engine for the traditional kinds of things. But uh, the first issue is how do you input that uh, that type of search? Stuff? It just have to be if it's going to be text to Google, it just be like convert audio to to text, you know. Well, I think we're talking about two different things because I'm not envisioning this being – what they're talking about is this visual search is not a big 100-foot screen in front of you. It's you looking in the room or the world or wherever you're at, seeing something, looking at that thing, and then saying, I want information about that. And you do that by some gesture. You probably don't have to say anything even. You just look right. at it and then say information about that. So and it's then, just a general bump, huh? Right. And, well – well, no. And then Apple then says, okay, what is that that you want the information about? So then they use some sort of machine learning. They like that word more than AI, but the, to, to say, well, what is that? And they identify what it is. And then they do a search based on whatever they've identified. Now, when they do that search, they can search themselves. They can search via Google. They can search via Bing. They can search any, you know, they can have anybody as the back end to actually do the search to find information about the thing. You know, they're they're providing the front end to tell you what the thing is you want information about. And so I don't know that I I think I disagree a little bit with the conclusion here that this is going to be a big problem for Google in that, you know, the visual search, there's several process. Unlike me typing in, I want to know about the movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I got right. Yeah, I'm going to look at Jimmy Stewart on the screen and go information about Jimmy Stewart. And then it's going to give me a list of stuff, you know, the, probably the Wikipedia page on Jimmy Stewart. And I can scroll down to, you know, filmography and see the, the man who shot, you know, the Liberty Valance and, and then make the gesture and say, I want more information about that. It'll pop up the Wikipedia page about that movie, you know? Um, and it might be just a little thing that floats right above the actual scene that I'm watching that has Jimmy Stewart in it, you know? Yeah. This just expands the, uh, the way that you can, can initiate the uh, initial initial search. Exactly. I think this is is it's a front end ser- technology, but I don't think it's necessarily going to harm Google at all. It's a search signal. What's yeah. the search? What would you make as a search signal? Yeah. Grab grab something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. There is there's a nifty technology to being able to say. 
first of all, see that I'm making a gesture and see what I'm looking at and then say that that's the tell me more about that gesture. But also then knowing, you know, having the AI behind it to say, what is it that I'm looking at? You know, am I looking at a picture of Half Dome or am I looking at, you know, uh, a dog and I want to know the breed, that kind of thing. Um, that, that, that part, I think Apple is, is the part that Apple's trying to do. And yeah. I think would be very interesting. By the way, I mentioned the man who shot Liberty Valance. I decided I wanted to watch some Westerns the other day. And so I went and got, uh, uh, went online and just found a list of like some of the best Westerns ever. And one of them was the 1962 classic, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And, uh, for those who don't know, it's Jimmy Stewart, John Wayne, Vera Miles, Lee Marvin. Um, it was a great movie. What a great movie that is. If you if you like westerns at all, now this is an old movie. It's 1962. It's black and white, um, but it's just it's it's just well written. Uh, you know, just the classic characters. I mean, John Wayne calling uh, um, Jimmy Stewart, "Well, Pilgrim." <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. By, by the way, I view this new product coming next year as the replacement for the iPad. I think that Apple has kind of positioned it that way. The Vision, the Vision Pro. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of talking about that as the. And, and so I'm saying, yeah. why do I have to have something that, that, uh, that doesn't do more? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because there's so many aspects to this thing that I find, uh, very, very appealing. I mean, I'll, I'll spend more money for it than I would for an iPad. Right. I know I'll have to because it does so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a incredible, uh, you know, I mean, people talk about the iPad as a content, um, uh, delivery device, right. And not necessarily the where you do your creation. I think this takes that theme, uh, a step further, right. Because it's content delivery, but it's content delivery in just about any format you want. Cause it overlies your world with, with screens or, or, you know, or even drops out of the, the, context of just windows and has things in your actual environment as it overlays them. So right. I think there's a lot of, um, uh, really cool options and you're right. And, and they said right out of the box, it'll run all of the iPad software. So in their mind, it's part of the iPad line. I think it's just the next logical, it's, yeah. it's an iPad with an unlimited screen. Yeah. You always talked about wanting a bigger iPad. Well, this is an iPad as big as you can make it as, as you want it. Right. Yeah. It, it's called the VCOS. Uh, iOS or whatever you want, you know, it's not, it's not OS, it's iOS. Well, they've got iPad OS and this is going to be what vision, vision OS is what they're calling vision it, right? OS. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Vision OS. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I guess I, I should look at it. I've got, I am. They a, haven't used that term. I don't think in these things yet, but actually oh, I think have, they right? have, I was going to say, I think they have because they've got a developer's kit. They've got a developer's kit out for it already. Yeah. So, um, Xcode beta of Vision OS. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people. I mean, the people, anybody who spent the 99 bucks for, to be a developer for a year, um, can go look at their, um, you know, their developer's kit and it's got a, uh, uh, an emulator for the Vision OS on there already. So you can go and start playing with some of the different features and see kind of how it works. Because, uh, you know, if you're going to write an app for it, you got to kind of have an understanding of how yeah. that app's going to function within that virtual world. So, yeah. 
anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited about it. Uh, I'm enthused as well, although I remember it, we talk about the, the, the um, parallels to the iPad. I had a very first version of the iPad. Uh, I had a very first per- version of the Apple Watch. And uh, both of those products were really interesting products that were significantly better if you waited to version two. Yeah. I mean, they completely reworked the case and the design on the iPad from version one to version two, and it became much more svelte, much easier to hold in your hand, much lighter. It just wasn't as chunky. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're really um, talking about 25, huh? Yeah. And the, the, um, the iPhone or the, the watch, while they didn't change it physically at all from version one to, or what people now call version zero to the, then the second generation watch, because the second generation had a, a, you know, like a, a what was it called? Uh, Apple Watch 2 and then Apple Watch 1. So then the 1 became basically 0 <laughs> from the previous year. Physically, they were the same, but they significantly improved battery life and made it much more usable. Because that first version of that Apple Watch, that watch barely made it through a day. In fact, if you didn't take it off and charge it at some point in the day, you yeah. weren't, it wasn't going to, you, you weren't going to have a watch in the evening. Yeah, um, you often forget that. That's that's true of every product, and rightfully so. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So my questions with this first version of this product is, what is it that is going to get improved? And I suspect it's going to be things like, um, you know, the weight on your face and just the size and physicality of the, of the device is going to get better with version 2 from version 1. Um, so the question is, you know, is it worth... At, at a $3,500 price point, is it, is it something you say, well, I'm going to wait for version two, hoping that the version two is going to be significant enough, in, uh, 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 improvement that I'm going to basically be behind for a year and not be able to take advantage of that. So, you know, what, what is the premium I'm paying to be able to have it for a year? You know, I've thought about it. If they could save a significant amount of money by not having the feedback for the people outside of you that you could, uh, yeah, that could tell that you're looking at them, you know, uh, then, yeah. then you might just ex- exclude certain capabilities. They'll have right. models of this thing. Right. Well, we were talking about that. What's a cheaper version of this that they could sell them? If in, 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 in the cheaper version, what are the, the features that you would cut out to make it? lighter and less expensive and right. those screens on the outside. So people can see my eyeballs in a virtual sense, I think is something that I would say, yeah, take it. If you can get rid of that junk and knock $500 off the price, do it. Yep. I do it in a heartbeat. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because the price is the first thing they got to work on. Yeah. 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 I was really, you know, it's, I, re, I remember the announcement of the iPad and everybody thought it was going to be a thousand dollar device and it came out and it was like, you know, five ninety nine, I think, or something like that, four ninety nine. Yeah. And I, and everybody went, wow. Um, and everybody did the exact opposite when they announced the price of the vision, oh, uh, uh, vision pro because they had kind of been leaking that it was going to be three thousand dollars and everybody went three thousand dollars is really expensive man that's just a bit but but maybe you know we'll wait we'll see what they actually say and i was hoping they were going to come out and say oh it's not three thousand it's two thousand you know which is like two ipads instead of just one if you if you get ipad pros i mean it's like you know 
Uh, it's 10 times the price of just the basic iPad. But when they came out and said 3500 they did the exact opposite. They didn't manage expectations at, at all well on that, I thought. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, is there anything that we haven't picked up uh, in terms of uh, different uh, concepts here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, th- I think the, the visual search idea is going to be interesting, but then it also, as you pointed out, um, there's lots of times when you want to search for something that isn't something visually in front of you, but I guess in those cases, then you just search the old-fashioned way, right? Um, right. So you either call up the virtual keyboard, attach a Bluetooth keyboard, or you do it via Siri, and you just say, you know, yo, Shlomo, you know. <laughs> How yep. tall was John Wayne, you know? So. Yeah, by the way, I did notice another uh, ad now for upcoming iPad Pros, and they will have the uh, screen like on my television. Oh, yeah, the OLED screen. OLED screen. Yeah. And so that's coming coming sometime next year. Yeah. Yeah, they've been talking about that for a while. They were also talking about skipping OLED and going to the micro LED um, which nobody has really done in a big fashion. I think there's probably uh, p- production problems with that technology. Yeah. So anyway, I'm so happy with my TV screen that, that yeah. uh, I, you know, that, you know, that you know that your words. You know that your phone and your watch are both OLED screens as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that. But it's so, not as not as dramatic as that big screen. But I think, right. I think of the iPad Pro 12 incher would mm-hmm. you'd see it really? A difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you could get, get true blacks because it just shuts off and there's no light coming through instead of blocking a backlight like on the current right. screens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just yeah. that just that fine little difference in the contrast, and that's what it really mm-hmm. is: is contrast difference. Yeah. Next, Makes a big. Although I, I question that because I thought, let me double check that. I thought that the the um, current 13 inch iPad, not the not the um, not the 11 inch, but the 13 inch iPad Pro, did have micro LED screen. That was the best screen you could buy from Apple right now, um, and that you know that was a big deal. Um, oh, is that right? And and that actually going to OLED then would be sort of a step back in that in that world. They're calling it Liquid Retina XDR display. Uh, that just has to do with resolution. Yeah, but it's the XDR display, which is the it's got much brighter brights and blacker blacks than is available in just their regular li- Liquid Retina, and that's only available in the twelve point nine, not on the eleven inch. Oh. Um. Well, anyway, that also has the uh, M2 chip in it, right? Uh, the, cur- the-, the current one has the M2 chip in it, yes. So the next one would probably have the M3 at some point. Um, but since that one is not available in shipping. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um I don't know. I mean, if the if the Vision Pro is the new uh, top of the line iPad, do you buy an iPad with a better screen, or you just get the Vision Pro? 
and just say, well, I'm going to invest in the front end of that because I believe that's really the future. Yeah. You know, I think in your particular instance where you're not moving around a lot and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to have a much brighter screen or bigger screen in front of you that you can size to any size you want probably makes more sense than getting another 13 inch, even if it's an OLED screen. The one thought I had though is sitting, you know, not, you know, less than three feet away from your mom, she's going to hear the sound out of that device, unlike, I, I guess you can wear the Pros, though, the AirPods. Pro. You can wear your AirPods, AirPods. A, a, and you could also probably attach it to your hearing aids. I'm going to tell you right now, whether you realize it or not, everybody who's in the room with you, even when you're going into your hearing aids, hears it. It's cranked yeah. up so loud, I can sit across, I have sat across from the room from you and heard very clearly what it was you were listening to. Okay. You may think it's privately being pumped directly into your ears. Everybody hears it. Yeah. So, you know, take well, it for what it's worth. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess I, all I'm saying is don't worry about making noise that's going to bother other people. You already do that. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I do crank it up to where I can hear. But, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's uh, wonderful to be able to hear. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I think, you know, nobody's complaining about that. I'm just saying, you know, be aware that, that you're not moving in silence because it's going directly into your ears. You've got it cranked up loud enough that, uh, you know, we all hear it. Yeah. So, well. you know, and if, and, and to be honest, like, I, I think last time I was visiting, when it was really loud, we got your attention and said, hey, can you turn it down a little bit? I, I think that's why mom cranks up the TV these days. <laughs> yeah, to, to <laughs> drown out you. Yeah, exactly. Probably. And so what I do. When this I, is a battle. You both keep getting louder and louder. And louder. That's right. Well, I, 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 well, I'm, uh, when the TV starts bothering me, I turn my hearing aids down to the lowest volume. Because that's, that's, a hearing aid picks up stuff from the outside on that. Then I go to my device and turn the volume that's actually feeding the show mm -hmm. into my hearing aids and crank that up to max. Yeah. <laughs> so I selectively choose my sound over that TV sound. Right. You know? Yeah. But when yeah. I'm watching the TV with mom, then I have, then I crank my hear, hearing aids up near max. Yeah. You know? So uh, adjusting sound is a constant, ongoing thing for me throughout sure, the day. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, if that's the volume you need to be able to hear, then you've got to do what you've got to do. Uh, I would say that any time you have to crank anything up to max, then there's an, there's another issue. <laughs> that's too loud. Um, oh, you know, yeah. you know, if you're going to 11 on a 1 to 10 scale, <laughs> so um i'm just looking here the the display on the 12.9 inch ipad is not micro led it's mini led so what that is is that's the um the uh it's still a backlit screen but there's just lots and lots of little uh an array of back uh, of of leds oh. all over the place to, that are very small that they can then brighten and dim individually in order to to uh let the yeah. light through. Let the light through or drop it down to a, a very black black. So the mini LEDs are, I would, then OLED is generally considered to be a step up from mini LED. 
the micro LED, which is the technology that's been talked about for the last three or four years, still isn't really available anywhere. That's where each pixel is its own individual light. There is no backlight, but there's, they're not the organic OLEDs, uh, or the organic LEDs. There, it's, it's a standard, um, LED. And that's supposed to be superior to OLED, but to my knowledge, that's not being used anywhere in any scale. So, you know, I, like I said, I think there's a production issue with that to be able to crank it up to the, to the level of production they need and not have lots of like dead pixels and things like that. So mm-hmm. I know they've done some, some demos of TVs using that at like, uh, the consumer electronics show. Uh, but I don't think anybody's actually shipped it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have the uh, write-up on these uh, virtual environments, they call them, uh, cinema, cinema environments, that, like we talked about at the top of the show. And it says that uh, movies is what they are. And watch movies near Mount Hood at the beach, near Haleakala mm-hmm. Volcano on the, moon, on the moon and other places. So that's what they have, 13 of those mm-hmm. that are currently available. Uh, for people who have, you know, whatever version of, or when they, when they ship the right things out. Uh, and then the, the dial on the, uh, Vision Pro lets you then take that virtual screen larger to take up almost your entire field of view through the, uh, OLED displays. Right. So anyway, they call those micro OLED. Yeah. Yeah, the whole micro LED thing is, is like, here's the issue with micro LEDs is making them small. Like those jumbotron screens you see at the stadiums, those are essentially micro LEDs, but the pixels are huge because they're on screens that are, you know, a hundred foot across. Right. Um, and so I, I just found an article just to, as clarification that this year at CES, Samsung unveiled a micro LED TV and it was a 76 inch one and it is the smallest micro led that people can actually buy so if you wanted a micro led technology you can buy a 76 inch samsung and it probably costs you as much as as a good car um but um you know that technology is still evolving so we'll see if it ever gets into something that's as small as like an ipad or you know a laptop or something like that yeah Anyway, this goes at a 96 hertz refresh mode to reproduce movies at the correct 24 frame per second frame rate. Yeah, because it's a multiple, right? Yeah. And the other thing is the first time I've seen this, the spatial audio for the first time is combined with ray traced audio to match movie sound in your room. Ray traced audio. Now, that's... I've heard pros and cons about this whole concept. So here's the deal. What they're saying is, is that they use, uh, they, that they basically map your room, either visually or sonically, and then they bounce sounds off the room in order to make it sound good to your ear. Right? Yeah. There are people who, the, who will complain and say, but wait a minute, I want the sound to sound the way that the sound engineers created it for the movie, not how it sounds in my room. So I can see pros and cons of that. You know what I mean? Because yep. it's going to, that means that when you watch a movie, it's going to sound different depending on the room you watch it in because they're going to 
bounce it around the room differently based on what they perceive the room to be, you know, how the room is shaped and what, what is and is not reflective, you know, surfaces within that room. Yeah. But when they first introduced the HomePod, didn't they say that that's what the the original large HomePods did? Was they were supposed to like send out sounds and sort of map the room so that they then could. That's that's why they have a lot of microphones in there as well as speakers. Right. That's what I thought they were supposed to do was sort of I, be I, able I to. That, yeah, I, I believe that's that that must be how they make the ray traced audio, whatever they mean by ray traced. Right. You know. So. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I mentioned in this article, it says, as you know, TVs no longer support 3D. Well, I just got rid of my TV that does that. Right. I still have the DVD player. But anyway, uh, still uh, a few movies still make it to movie theaters in 3D, and some home projectors support 3D too. Right. Still, it has become a vicious cycle for 3D because the hardware is not there to really support movie releases and vice versa. So that's why they're out developing uh, things that will work on the Vision Pro because there just isn't anything in the production right now of 3D information without okay. uh, until you have... Uh, I'm going to push back on that because I have seen lots of movies in 3D in the theaters. Almost every large anchor movie is <laughs> is available in 3D. So that means any of like the summer blockbuster type movies, they're all available in 3D. Now, I would say that probably 85% of the showings are not in 3D. A lot of people don't like 3D, makes them nauseous, but they are available in 3D. And in fact, a lot of them are available not only in 3D, but in 3D in an IMAX format. So the ultra big screens. Yeah. Um, and you usually pay extra to see it in 3D or on, on a, well, that's, you know, the, the, but, but my feeling is, is when you go to the theater, you want it to be different than what you're doing at home. So it's get, pay for the IMAX screen, pay for the 3D, see the thing big and bold and beautiful. Um, but, uh, but I'm, yeah, there, there definitely is not a home market for 3D right now, which I think the Vision Pro should bring back like gangbusters. Yeah. Well, it says the hands-on reviews from Apple's demos all raved about how vividly and well the Apple Vision Pro played the 3D clip of Avatar colon The Way of Water. So that's apparently a a part of a 3D movie. That's a recent movie that was released, yeah, and it was available in 3D. I saw it in 3D. It was great. But it's, it's one of many. That are available in 3D. I think that they're saying a, a few. Well, smaller, pro, you know, movies aren't, but the large studio blockbuster movies are all available in 3D, and they've all been mastered in 3D already. So there is a lot of material available in 3D for Apple if they want it. You know, now they have to pay licensing fees probably, um, but I would assume that that studios that produce that stuff. You know, Sony Studios and Disney Studios and those guys. They'll be happy to find more screens for their shows, right? Absolutely. They're going to say, yeah, we'll build an app to watch our movies on your device in 3D. And all all that we need is a subscription. You just sign up for our service and we'll be happy to play it for you in 3D. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you can bet that your current subscription to... uh, 
Max, which is HBO's thing, and Disney Plus, and well, is and not going to include 3D content unless you pay an extra fee. But you see, Apple's <laughs> in that business right now, right? I yeah, mean, they're making yeah. their own stuff. So well, the- my question is, and and this would be this would be stunning if they announce it when they finally like ship the the Vision OS. Do you think Apple's going to announce? Oh yeah, and by the way, everything that we have filmed is also been filmed in 3D, so we have a 3D version of it already available. You're probably for, right. <laughs> for all for all of our series, for every movie that we've released, everything on Apple Plus is available that, in both. That would be, that would be ap- the Apple way, wouldn't it? Right. It's already I'm available in both 2D version and a 3D version because we knew this was coming, so we just said, do it. Everything's yep. going to automatically be, you know, mastered in 3D so that we have all of our content already available that way. Yeah. By the way, another headline that I see is LG is the first to deliver Apple AirPlay to hotel room TVs. Well, the TV that I have has Apple uh, TV built into it, or at least the right. primary Apple, function. Apple TV, but Apple TV is different than AirPlay. But but but, but it yeah. has it has an Apple AirPlay along with that. So yeah. that when I go to log on, I don't do it the old way. You know, I do, but it's. It says to choose this long LG number, <laughs> model number. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, well, if if you want to use your iPad or your iPhone to to screencast onto another device, you don't have to have an Apple TV attached to it. You can just screencast directly to right. the right. television set. Which and is so LG is just selling these same home TVs to the hotel room. It seems to me. Yeah, I'm sure it's the, the guts are very much the same. I think they make them a little bit more hardy and with different remotes and some controls to allow the the TV to or the hotel to manage it differently. But um, but yeah, the idea that you can air share, uh, screen share your your you know in your room if you want to if you went out and shot pictures and, and uh, or video of your what you did on your vacation and then that night you're back in your room you can sit down and put it on the big screen and watch it. Or you can have a movie downloaded on your iPad or your phone, and you want to watch it. You just share hey, it to the big screen. It just occurred to me: which model of iPhone is going to actually be able to take three, make three D movies? Right. I was wondering <laughs> if if you know that will be the big surprise in one of the soon uh, in one of the models of iPhone is that they will shoot in three D. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'll be the that'll be another major thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it has not been leaked in the iPhone 15, and the iPhone 15 comes out before the Vision Pro. I don't, you know, I, I doubt that it would be in the iPhone 15 because the iPhone 15 is coming out before the Vision Pro. Right. Ideally, I think they would want to do it then, but I don't know that it, it, nothing nothing has said anything about that. I would not. I would be shocked if you couldn't do it in the iPhone 16, though. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I would too. Yeah. Yep. Shoot not, and in fact, quite honestly, I think that they need to go. Not only do they need to shoot in stereoscopic vision, but I think they need to do something like the. Uh, we talked a while back about the Insta 360 camera that I've got. I think they need a 360 camera available on their devices. Yeah, so, they just might might buy that company. You know, or, or duplicate the technology. I don't know that there's anything there that they couldn't do themselves. But the uh, but the idea to be able to like take a camera somewhere and start recording, and then when you go back to watch it with your Vision Pro, you can 
look up, look down, look around, turn around, see what's behind you. To me, that is just, you know, a, a no brainer. Yeah. That would be so awesome, you know? And, and what would be cool about that is you could, uh, go basically shoot like travel logs with that. You know, I could go on vacation and shoot 360 degree video and then sell that as content for people in their vision pro. They could then, you know, Hey, you want to walk down the street in, in Tokyo at midnight, uh, and look in the shops. You want to, uh, uh, you know, stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and look down. You want to, um, uh, you know, go visit the, the, the Paris. You could just put on your vision pro and, and basically be in somebody else's shoes and look up and down and around and behind. And, you know, yeah. I think that is one of the major uses of this. And I got to imagine that the Insta 360 people are going, you know, we're going to have an app on that vision pro day one, because all of the video you've shot immediately becomes, you know, that much more interesting and, 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 and watchable because you can literally turn your head around and see everything around you because our camera records it that way. Yep. <clears throat> hmm. It says, uh, I'm, I'm, I switched on to another article here now talking about, uh, assigning Apple ID owners a pass key. There was some agreement that they agreed to clear back a few years ago, 22. That was a year ago to support a common passwordless sign in standard. Yeah. It's built into the OSs right now. Pass yeah. keys so that you don't have to have passwords that you remember anymore, that your operating system handles it. And, uh, and it's supposed to be, you know, completely secure and you never have to remember passwords. And that's the magic. And, and, and Google and Facebook book and, and Amazon and Apple have all signed on, but nobody's implemented the dumb thing yet. I don't know of any websites. I would have thought that the first people who would have jumped on board with that would have been financial institutions. So well, it says, it says here beta versions for iOS 17 and Mac OS Sonoma are going to show that. So they're going to make it more uh, discoverable, I think, is the idea, because it's been in yeah. iOS 16, but to my knowledge, nobody's using it because it requires that you that the app or the website, um, you know, cooperate. With yeah, it. they have to they have to be designed to use pass keys, and if they don't, you know, it doesn't matter if your operating system and everything works with pass keys. If the if the place you're trying to attach to doesn't. Then, you know, you're out of luck. do you any good, right? Yeah. <laughs> you only have half the solution. Yeah. <laughs> half the solution never really works. So anyway, it says Apple automatically assigns Apple ID owners their own passkey in, in these OSs. Uh, Mac OS Sonoma, uh, iOS 17, and iPad OS 17. So the... The phone and the iPad and the computer are all going to happen all together on 17. Interesting. Which then, if they're doing them all together, makes you think, what new feature are they introducing that across the board needs to be available everywhere all at once? 3D video. <laughs> Could be. Hmm. I just sent you the most interesting looking thing I have seen in quite a while. 
Uh, it's a bicycle that doesn't have wheels. Yeah. It's got, cool. it's got treads. It's got treads. Yeah. Weird rubber treads. I see what you mean. Yeah. And, and you and, can make it go as high or low as you want. I assume they're, or well, I don't, are... I don't know that it's high or low. I think that those then tilt to absorb shocks. Oh, it's got, yeah, it's got to have something, but, you know, but that dimension could fall into a hole real easily. That's, that's the only thing I look at it too, is like, I see that fr- the back tire, I don't worry about the front tire that's angled forward yeah. or the front, not tire tread, suddenly, whatever you want to call it. They fall into a hole. Exactly. I can see that dropping into a pothole and you flipping over the bike in, in a hot yeah. second because the surface area is so small at the front. So what's the purpose of this thing? I mean, so. Uh, well, there's, uh, what was the problem they're trying to solve? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Is it, uh, you don't have inflatable tires. They've already got regular round tires that you stick, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, like foam in so that they're not, um, uh, you know, you don't, you can't get a flat. So I don't know if they're trying to solve not getting a flat. This seems like way over engineered for that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty strange. It's really weird looking though. You yeah, know, it sure is. If I saw one of those riding down the street, I would certainly do a double take. Yeah, it says, don't get, don't expect to hit high speeds given how small the wheel belt's curved radius is, but you can definitely expect a few curious stares and maybe a couple of questions from bewildered onlookers. Right. Would I recommend this? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> don't think so. Yeah. But, uh, if, um, yeah, it, I, I don't know. <laughs> if you're interested, it's at yankodesign.com. There's a, uh, uh, a wheelless bike at yankodesign.com, Y-A-N-K-O design.com. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just saw it and I went like, huh. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is really funky looking. But like you said, I think we found the, the, the weak link in that whole thing is, is that the surface area of that front tire is wrong. Or here's what I would suggest. Flip the front tire around so that the angle for both of them is, is top forward, bottom backwards so that it doesn't get stuck in a hole. Yeah, so it could climb out. Right. And then you would need longer forks to get it out from underneath you because otherwise then your weight's too far forward on your, on your, uh, yeah. you know, on your wheelbase. Right, you got to ba- got to balance that weight. Get the right. CG in there. Right, so so you'd have to move the forks forward, but I would say flip that around, and then you've got a much more stable bicycle. Well, the other thing too is that that's got a lot of little parts in here and the links in order to make that track. So this yeah. thing is is going to be failure well, prone. It, yeah, I mean, it looks like those are just rubber pieces, but then it's definitely got like a bicycle chain going all the way around the thing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't see this as a step up. I see this as a curiosity. Yeah. But egghead design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some people just want to say, "Well, I I wonder if I could do it," you know. And so, yeah, oh, I yeah. could. I did it. It works. I have a functioning bicycle. Because the other thing you look at is you look at how close that chain is to the tread. If you go over a rock or anything, you're gonna you're gonna screw up that that chain. Yeah. You know. Yep. It's it's not a very um, robust robust not design, robust. right? Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yep. But 
Yeah, not weird. practical in weird. any sense. Weird. Not, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've talked for a couple hours, so we probably can. Yeah, I think we probably have talked about everything we need to talk about. But uh, So, by the way, uh, I, uh, I will not be available at noon until 2 o'clock next Monday because I misunderstood which, which Monday I was supposed to go to this movie I paid my, my paid for. I mm-hmm. went up last Monday to go to a movie. The guy let me in. I got in the theater and realized I was watching a Batman movie. It had already started. And and it wasn't going to change. So I left the movie theater, went down and told the guy, says, hey, my, my movie's not on. He says, well, what is it? And I told him the name. And he couldn't find it on his movie list. And then while I'm looking at my ticket, it says July 3rd. <laughs> I says, whoops. I'm here on, here on the wrong day. Uh, so, so I got it. Are you going to watch it in 3D? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, I I uh, will have to work around that. Either move it to Tuesday or uh, okay. Something. Yeah, why don't we just plan on moving it to Tuesday in that way? Well, you know what, Tuesday's Fourth of July. Maybe we should go Wednesday next week as well. Oh yeah, straight week away a week. That yeah, might be best. Yeah, why don't we plan on that? Let's just plan on next Wednesday. We'll um, uh, you know, take the holiday and enjoy it. You want to share what the movie is you're going to go see or not? A uh, Sound of Freedom. Uh-huh. And it's one of those movies that uh, is not made for a big, big general audience. So mm-hmm. they just rent the theater and try to fill it. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes. What it's all about is there has been going on for many years now, but it's been intensified because of the open border policy that we've had. And I've seen a number of related articles to it. But the, but anyway, it's about this guy who decided on his own and, and his fellow ex-Marines, uh, that not all of them necessarily, have decided to take on the cartels that are helping people across the border, supposedly helping. Mm-hmm. But what they're really doing is they're capturing children in Mexico, exporting them to the U.S. The U.S. actually pays their way to the uh, wherever they want them to go. And, of course, the kids, they don't know because they've been stolen from their folks. They're young and, and uh, lost. And so... They're slowed into slavery, and this slavery has been going on for a long time. Especially sexual slavery of young girls in this country is the largest in the in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just uh, this morning watched a video by one a lady who worked for Health and Human Services Department in the government, yeah. and she said it's it's the bad guys are in our government because. They, they took her job away from her when she realized what was really happening and, and l- talked to some of these kids. Cause, and by the way, they mentioned a place in California where they're first hauled after they come from the border. She was uh, stationed at the uh, complex over by Pomona. I forgot what the name of that big area is where they have the state fair and stuff. Pomona uh, Fairgrounds. Well, there's, there's a com- something complex. Uh, but it rang a bell to me right away that that's where they gathered, and then from there they farmed them out. And that's where she got close enough to be in touch with some of these kids who were had fear in their eyes and were crying out for help and, you know, for their parents. And it was a hell of a mess. And she, uh, being a mother, uh, was affected greatly. 
And so she contacted and found some other good, well-meaning people in the department that also lost their jobs. And so she was interviewed uh, on on this uh, uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a tearjerker. Wow! And it's boys and girls, though. It's not just one or the other. Sure. But but they're basically uh, the t- sewed into their clothing is a is a cloth that has a name and a phone number for the 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 person on this side of the border who comes and claims them and because uh, they they're they only speak spanish and so they they can't even communicate with the border people as to what's going on but they do know that they have this thing sewed into their shirt and that, that the vast majority of the border people speak Spanish, and so does half of, or probably three quarters of Southern California. So well, I'm anyway, not sure they that's... were they were told by the but, people yeah. who actually captured them. This is this is where your mother or your dad is going to meet you or something. Sure, they think they're being handed off to relatives, and that's not true. Sound of Freedom is a 2022 American action drama film directed and co-written by Alejandro Monteverde. It stars Jim Caviezel, Mira Savino, and Bill Camp. Caviezel plays Tim Ballard, a former government agent turned vigilante who embarks on a mission to rescue children from sex traffickers in Colombia. It is produced by uh, Eduardo Verzaguri, who also plays a role in the film. Verasta Gui, I I may be pronouncing his name wrong. The film premiered at the Coronado Island Film Festival, which is just down the road uh, in San Diego, and uh, will be released on Fourth of July by Angel Studios. So it was. It's not even. You wanted to see it on uh, the third. So apparently, you're getting an early release because it's. Yeah, it's third, fourth, and fifth. They just say fourth because it's a holiday. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Jim Caviezel is quoted as saying that he feels this is his the the second most important film he has ever done behind his role as Jesus Christ in The Passion of Christ. Right. And so, yeah. Anyway, that Ballard guy is quite something. I've listened to interviews by him on several internet talk shows. He's he's really something. Yes, it's, Sound of Freedom is entired by Tim, Brow- Tim Ballard's assertions that he is an activist against child trafficking. Obviously, there are some people who, who say otherwise, but um, yeah, it's interesting. He requested that Jim Caviezel portray him in the film, uh, even oh, though yeah. the actor does not re- resemble him. Ballard said he was affected by his role in The Count of Monte Cristo, which is a great film as well. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, and, I'm uh, going to go see the movie, and uh, we'll see. No more about it next time. Yeah, well, we can talk about it when you uh, when we come back next week on Wednesday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what you think. So, okay. all right, well, enjoy that. And, um, oops. So, thank, I don't know what you're doing. Well, Sounds like you're messing around with something. I'm not ringing it. I no. Hear the ring. No, it sounds like you're, like, playing with tape or something or... There's a bunch of. Anyway, I hear like, I don't know, maybe it's just moving. Anyway, thanks for joining us. This has been uh, another edition of Generation Tech. We'll see you next week. Bye bye, everyone.